1: folks, welcome to NASCAR America, Lee Diffie and Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, and we're joined... From NBC Charlotte by a driver and a crew chief, two renowned characters in the NASCAR garage, Kyle Petty and Slugger Labby. And, gents, we start with some big news that broke in the last couple of hours. Hendrick Motorsports has announced a four-year contract extension for the driver of the 24 Chevrolet, Chase Elliott. So,
2: he's under wraps through the 2022 season. DJ, what do you make of this? Uh, talented young man and, and driver, and I think that probably the only reason this isn't longer than that is the sponsors won't go any longer than that. And that's right. how Rick Hendrick does his business is along those lines and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. You know, there there are a number of drivers that come along that you know that have everything that it takes to be successful at the top level and Chase Elliott is one of those and Rick Hendrick understands that. He got a you know, seven-time champion, just lost a four-time champion uh, last year with, with Jeff Gordon or two years ago. So uh, he understands when he gets good talent, he needs to keep him there. Kyle, there
1: was all that hype and that pizzazz when Jeff Gordon announced his retirement and who was going to get the drive of the 24. So now this can all be put to bed for some some period of time. I'm sure you're not surprised by this.
3: No, not surprised at all. I, I think, you know, we have talked about Chase. He is the next guy. Jeff, or, or Dale just mentioned, a seven-time champion in Jimmy Johnson, a four-time champion steps out in Jeff Gordon, and a future champion in, in Chase Elliott. I, I think that's the way Rick looks at it. He has always been one step ahead of everybody else and built his, his, his fortunes and built his team on one driver's back. And I think he's looking at this guy to carry him the next 15 or 20 years. I think it's great. The kid's not even 22 years old yet, and
4: yeah. one of the best car owners in the sport just gave him another, another four-year extension, and his contract wasn't even up yet, and they already went ahead and resigned. him. Yeah. I think it's just phenomenal that Rick Hendrick can look into the future and say, this guy's got what it takes, and I want him.
1: And also it gives him a certain uh, feeling of comfort too, that he can settle down and build on this and go forward. And while Chase Elliott is still looking for the first Cup win of his career, within the last few months, another group of young drivers scored their first ever wins in their respective series. And it's been wonderful to watch their elation.
5: future of nascar is is present and it's going to be big
2: we have a great youth movement coming along here they're very very talented they're going to be the face and the future of this sport anybody knows
6: that they can win and that just makes the excitement even
7: bigger here in Tallahassee,
6: they're all chasing ricky stenhouse jr ricky stenhouse jr with the win that's making a fifth third better boys 400 laps 600 miles we're ready for the Coke 600.
8: Austin Dillon will gain his
7: first career victory. He'll take the three car back to victory league. Oh. Hey, we got this slide
8: the grass, too, bud. Hell of a job, Austin. Love you, buddy. Love you. Hell of a job, man. The Wood Brothers and the Wood Brothers Ford, that iconic red and white. Can you imagine the pressure on young Ryan Blaney? Rear view
6: mirror. Filled with the man they call the closer. And 23-year-old Brian Blaney will score his first career win. <laughs> Woo! I'm sorry you can't talk, Bob, but I'm so proud of you today.
8: Mission accomplished. I heard somebody say that last night. Ticket it applies
5: today. William Byron missed out on his first Xfinity Series win by 12
9: one-thousandths of a second. Ten laps remaining at Iowa, and William Byron gets a great restart. Byron told us he would win tonight, and indeed he does.
10: Good to get that monkey offer back to finish second last week and then get this
1: one. It feels really awesome. Across NASCAR's three national tours, there have been a total of five first time winners. We just saw three in the Cup Series along with Xfinity driver William Byron. In a truck series, 18-year-old Kaz Grala scored his first win at Daytona back in February. Hey, KP, remember your first Cup win? Take us back then and also share with us which of these first-timers moved you. Who, who were you most
3: pleased for? OK, my, my first win was in the last century, so we're not going to talk about that, okay? So we've moved on. We've moved on. But you know what? I I look at this, uh, look at these guys, and and I'm going to say uh, that I I, I love that Stenhouse finally got his first win. I love that, that Austin Dillon finally got his first win. But I'm going to say this. Joey Logano's 26. He's younger than those guys, and he's contended for the championship the last two or three years. I look at Ryan Blaney, and Ryan Blaney is going to be a force in this sport for years to come. I, I, I just truly believe that. I think he is the guy uh, that is, has done so much so quickly. Uh, I, I think we he's been a little overshadowed by Chase Elliott. I'm going to say that because sure. Chase has gotten all the hype. We start the show talking about Chase, but here's a guy that started at the same time at the cup level and already got his first win and is contending For wins week in and week out. Uh, So, this is a guy that that stands out to me.
4: Well, you you talk about Chase. You know, he hasn't won a race yet. He was the one last year that was running second at Michigan, had good chances to win. He hasn't got it done yet, and he got rewarded with a new contract. So, but but the guys that have just won this year, they got to step it up a little yeah. bit. You know, the chase is coming. The playoffs are coming. They have to step up and get it done and go for that second win. They can do it. They know how to win. That's the hard part is figuring out how to win. Now that you've won, you got to do it again to get right in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, that, that adage that the second one comes easier, I don't believe that whatsoever, <laughs> uh, especially the way the competition is this day and time. But I would have to go along with Kyle there and say that Ryan Blaney, to me, and and a couple, one thing about it is that this is a kid that we watch grow up in the motorhome lot, if you will, around the racetracks as, as Dave Blaney was racing. And so when you see that come full circle there, that he's done everything that he needs to do to get in the race car, do his job, and then get that first victory, you know, you're really pleasing. Obviously... With the Wood Brothers, that adds another element to it. But as the driver itself, Ryan Blaney is going to be a star for years to come in this sport.
1: Now, the answer could very well be uh, Ryan Blaney from all three of you. I want to show you some numbers about after what these drivers have done after that first win. In your opinion, and you can look at the numbers or you don't have to. In your opinion, who's done the most since that first win? (laughs)
2: Well, I think that it's still been Ryan Blaney. I think that he was doing a little bit more even before he got that, and he's continued with that because he was the one that I think was on our radar to get that first victory. They were running well enough to do that. But it's such a hard thing. I mean, every week brings something a little different.
1: Slugger, it doesn't have to be necessarily the numbers, but in your opinion, who's done the most with that first win?
4: Well, I think Ryan Blaney hasn't won not too long ago. It's been, yeah. uh, what, a month, and, and he, he just did well at Sonoma. The, one of the hardest tracks to get around were the tires falling off as much as they did, and he had a really good run. So I think Ryan Blaney has done a lot and will continue to do a lot.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm going to say this, and, and I look at these things, at uh, these three drivers. Uh, I'm, I'm going to spin us in a little bit different direction here. These are three teams, when we look at the Wood Brothers, when we look at Childress and we look at Roush Racing, these are three teams that weren't in victory lane last year. Three teams that didn't have that opportunity to contend for the playoffs, that didn't have that opportunity, and now they have that opportunity to be in the playoffs uh, and, and at, the, at the, the highest level. We're still talking about Joe Gibbs and those guys not winning races, and here's three teams that didn't win last year. So I think the one thing that these three teams have done since their win is all of them have stepped it up a little bit. Yes, Ryan Blaney may have done a little bit better and have better numbers, but all three of these teams have put themselves back on in the daily conversation.
2: Yeah, and for the good of the sport, we need all of them to continue to do well because they are the face, the, the one that, that new fans are going to look at going forward uh, because, you know, the Jimmy Johnsons, Matt that these guys aren't going to be around forever, so this is great. But i tell you who is impressive, and he's not in the Cup Series yet, but it won't be long, and Rick Hendrick has his hands on him already, and that's William Byron. And this young man hasn't been racing very long, but he might be one of the most talented that I've ever watched come across. And talking to Elliott Sadler about him, he's very impressed with him, so so, uh, this is a young man we're going to be hearing a lot from too.
1: When we saw those three uh, first time cup winners, what you know how
2: deeply did that resonate within the NASCAR community? That was there a good a feel good factor? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt for a number of reasons. And Kyle pointed it out too. It was almost as much for the drivers, which we like to see that because all of them have paid their dues. They've worked extremely hard to get here and get that opportunity. But then the teams that they're with made it even more special. And when you have something like that, it's a really feel good situation in the garage area. Some fresh winners is uh,
1: does the sport good. We're just getting started on this 90 minute of edition. Uh, of NASCAR America. When we come back, we'll take a deep dive into the legacy of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and why Daytona is such an important part of that legacy. We'll go one-on-one with the Cup Series points leader, Kyle Larson. Two wins and five runner-up finishes has him thinking about a championship run. And we'll be joined live by Xfinity Series drivers Brennan Poole and Matt Tift We'll be honouring the military Friday night at Daytona and we'll have the best sounds of the season's first road course in Scanall, Sonoma. All that and a whole lot more coming up. Just a heads up, NASCAR America is moving to a new time beginning next Monday, July 3rd. We're on at 5pm Eastern weekdays right here on NBCSN. Tell your friends, set your DVRs, spread the word, 5pm Eastern, just in time for your 4th of July celebrations. The NASCAR Xfinity Series goes racing Friday night at Daytona right here on NBCSN. Amongst those looking to score a win and lock into the playoffs are Brennan Poole and Matt Tiff. Who we'll be talking with shortly here on the show, they're sixth and ninth, respectively, in the Xfinity Series standings. And as part of the continued efforts to show appreciation for the armed forces through the NASCAR salutes program, Xfinity Series drivers will bear the names of active military units and installations on their race car windshields during Friday's race at Daytona. There are thousands of military personnel from around the country and stationed around the world who of course are huge nascar fans and nascar salutes is about acknowledging them for their service and appreciating their love for the sport of nascar
3: soldiers of the second brigade combat team third infantry division we'd like to wish will best of luck in the firecracker 250. me! we're soldiers of the third infantry division at fort stewart georgia and we'd like to wish number 19 matt Titts, good luck go matt rock on Well, we're pleased to say
1: that we have two active Xfinity Series drivers on the show today. Both Brennan Poole and Matt Tift will be part of the NASCAR Salutes initiative this weekend, and they're in our NBC Charlotte studios with
3: our own Kyle Petty. KP? Yeah, you guys, a little bit of pressure there. Do you see those guys, how we we got into this? The NASCAR Salutes program is such a cool program. What does it mean to both of you guys to be a part of it?
11: I mean, it's it's a, a huge deal for myself. I mean, it's just so cool... Uh, you know, being able to represent Comcast and NBC Universal this weekend, but not only them, but having the 3rd Inf- Infantry Division out of uh, Fort Stewart, George. I mean, it's just so cool to have um, that type of, of uh, military presence yeah. in NASCAR. So it's just it's so cool to be a part of that this weekend.
12: Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, um, for me, I've got a lot of friends that, that are serving right now. So, um, And also, too, my engineer, Caitlin, uh, we're representing uh, her brother this weekend. is going to be no in the car with her group. So uh, we're really excited about that, the first combat team uh, from Fort Drum, New York. So it's going to be a fun weekend. It's just really cool. NASCAR uh, does this to support all of our active uh, military. So uh, it's going to be fun.
3: Yeah, how much more pressure is it since there's that little bit of connection <laughs> little, to you guys? It's a little
12: pressure. Caitlin's yeah. already been uh, giving me some pressure. You know, yesterday in our team meeting. She was like, all right, this, this is, we got a little bit of extra uh, meaning to this weekend. So um, for sure, it's going to be cool having them on board uh, uh, our race car all weekend on the windshield. But um, just like anything, we're going to Daytona, man. It's, yeah. it's just a, it's just a fun weekend. There's a lot of energy already around it, going into it. Um, and it's always fun. Fourth of July weekend, everything's going to be a hot night. I think there's going to be some hot action on the racetrack. And uh, so hopefully we can go put on a good show and, and represent everybody. Well,
3: you, you talk about going back to Daytona. So let, let's move over to a little bit of racing here. Uh, I'm going to Daytona another stage racing on a speedway and we've seen the stage races really change the way speedway racing is how has it changed it for you
11: for myself especially at the, the super speedways it's been incredibly action packed and you're just, <laughs> to, to say the least <laughs> to say the least yeah i mean it's just there's all the intensity always ramps up on the super speedways but now with the stage racing everybody's pushing harder you see more wrecks, more action, more lead changes. Um, it's intense. It for sure is intense. We're going to be under the lights. Uh, my first restricted plate track yeah. uh, race under the lights, too. So um, February was actually pretty slick. So it'll be pretty interesting to see how much more grip we got this time around. But, uh, man, it's the stage racing is just so intense because you know there's going to be strategy cards played to try to get up um, in the points and get those uh, valuable points, but also try to go win a stage, too. So it's a big deal.
3: You know, Daytona has always been known as a speed track in February and a handling track and, and as, as we come back in July because it is hot. It is slick, even though we're running under nights. What do you guys do different to your speedway stuff to focus on the handling and maybe not so much on, on the pure raw speed?
12: Handling is always an issue. This second race um, at Daytona, I think for us and and our team, you know, and everyone else, really, I think you're going to see a lot more four tire stops. You're not going to see guys um, coming in to take two tires because that handling is a little bit more important. You're going to need four tires. So, um, you you know, for the most part, for us, you know, our cars drive pretty good. They've taken some of that downforce away a little bit, so it's been a little bit more of a handful. So I'm a little bit interested to see what what I'm going to have when we go down there in the hotter conditions. But um, you know, I think the most important thing for me is just I want four tires. Chad, if you're listening, four tires.
3: <laughs> All right. So the first part of this show, if you guys were watching this, uh, we've talked about first time winners. Um, we have Byron this weekend in the Xfinity series. We've seen the cup guys. What's it going to take for you to break across?
12: I think, um, you know, just smart decisions. As you were talking about earlier, the stages have created a lot of excitement and, and guys trying a little bit harder. For me, I've been caught up in those accidents yeah. in those stages uh, the last two, two uh, restricted play races. So for me, you know, I've already been working on some things, with, you know, depending on where I'm at in the pack, what I'm going to do uh, coming down to those the, the end of those stages. Uh, I think the important thing is to make sure uh, we're in a position at the end of the race, to be there at the end, to, to have an opportunity to win. And, and um, you know, we've been really fast at the super speed races um, this year and last year. So, uh, you know, I feel pretty confident that we're going to have the speed to go down there and do it, just stay out of trouble.
11: I think for for myself, it's my fourth Super Speedway uh, plate race in, in the Xfinity Series. So, um, you know, it's just uh, being able to get more comfortable every time I get to the super yeah. speedways is big for me. You know, the first time at Talladega last year I was just kind of skeptical, just getting the feel of everything. Of course, this year Daytona takes some downforce away, so um, when they're taking that downforce away, of course, we're moving around a lot more. Uh, Talladega was a little bit calmer, but uh, you know, I think I feel like I'm in a place now where I can be a little bit more aggressive because I'm a little bit more comfortable and um, being just that little bit more confident going into this weekend about the plate race. We've had top 10 finishes, within a lot of them, so uh, hopefully we'll break that through and go get a win.
3: Yeah, well, good luck, man. Good luck with the NASCAR salutes. And, Lee, we've seen first-time winners. We had a first-time winner last week. These two guys are hoping we come out of Daytona with another first-time winner.
1: Yes, we wish Matt and Brennan all the best this weekend in Daytona. Coming up on the show, Kyle Larson's already in the playoffs, but how focused is he on battling Martin Truex Jr. for the regular season title? Larson will tell us next here on NASCAR America. The Grand Depart of the Tour de France is on NBCSN. Riders begin their three-week tour in Düsseldorf, Germany, with the race against the clock coverage of the Tour de France begins Saturday morning at 9 Eastern with an encore at 8 p.m. all on NBCSN.
9: Buzz in the air here at Auto Club Speedway. And win number two in his career will come in his home state.
7: Kyle Larson across the line.
9: on yeah,
3: right,
9: a beautiful day here in Michigan, Larson has just
6: been absolutely perfect here this afternoon. All good, bring it home, baby.
9: Mile one here in Michigan last August, his first career Cup win, and he wins again today. Got a bullet? Heck yeah, buddy! Proud
10: of you, man. Burn that to the ground. Oh yeah, good job, guys. Good job.
1: Larson has dominated on the two-mile ovals, winning at both Fontana and Michigan. In addition, Larson currently holds the overall lead in the regular season points. Now, if Kyle remains on top after Richmond in September, he'll receive an additional 15 playoff points as the regular season champion. It's been the year of his career. But as we all know, he's the racer's racer. And that means he'll always be chasing more wins, And more titles. Kyle Larson has been exciting to watch this year. And today, he spoke with NASCAR America's Marty Snyder.
7: Well, Lee, if you're going to look for Kyle Larson this weekend, you better look for the blue Credit One 42 car. Cool paint scheme this weekend, Kyle. Thanks for sharing it with us. Tell us a little bit about it.
10: Yeah, thanks. Uh, It's cool to have some red, white, and blue here on our our Credit One Bank Chevy. Um, We got 13 stars on the front for the 13 U.S. or original U.S. colonies. And then we have 25 on each side. Um, so that's pretty cool and, and then my shoes and gloves look good I think you were you know you were joking with me earlier <laughs> saying nice Danica let me borrow her shoes but uh, those look pretty cool red white and blue we're gonna donate them to the US vets uh, it's a nonprofit organization that helps homeless uh, veterans so um, gonna be fun this weekend um, car looks good so I'm excited about it
7: I didn't know I was going to get a civics lesson by the way that's very good very good job by you it is cool to have a paint scheme like this so to honor the fourth isn't it?
10: No doubt. Uh, it's always fun to get to do these special events and, and get to have special paint schemes that uh, tie in with what's going on. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, there's probably going to be a, a lot of red, white, and blue. So uh, spotters going to have a little little trouble probably. Now I know you've always said that
7: you're not a massive fan of restrictor plate racing, but coming as close as you did to winning the Daytona 500, does that make you like it a little bit more?
10: A little bit, I guess. I, You know, I, I, I've been running a little bit better at them the last couple of years. I feel like since um, you know, I'm a four-race or four seasons into my, my cup my cup career that people tend to work with you a little bit better, and, and that, that's a major part of going fast at, at plate races. So i uh, got some more friends out there, I guess, and, and be seem to be running up front more often.
7: How do you choose those friends as you go throughout the day? Is it just a process of who I work better with? How does that work?
10: Uh, you kind of just – Race when you, where you can, and hopefully you, you look in your mirror and you got somebody good behind you that'll help you, and, and you can trust them to to if you were to make some moves, that you know they'll follow you. So um, it's just it's difficult, you know. It's a long race, but there's so much that that goes on throughout the race that it's hard to really catch on TV. But but we're uh, you know figuring it all out in the car and learning who's who's good to work with and who's not. But um, it's interesting. It's definitely a different style of racing. that I'm just still trying to get used to. I want to ask you about your stretch around the Michigan race. You won, what was it,
7: four races in eight days. That's crazy. What motivates you to keep racing even when you're not in the cup car?
10: Yeah, um, I just love racing. I I really love sprint car racing. And so I got to, you know, the summer stretches, I get to run a lot of sprint cars. So uh, I went to Eagle, Nebraska before Michigan on a Tuesday night and and won that race for for Ricky Stenhouse, actually. And then uh, we won Michigan. On Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday was uh, I ran a couple nights of Ohio Speed Week with the All Star Series and uh, one at Wayne County and then and then Sharon Speedway. So uh, a fun a fun week for sure and and we got got a lot more racing coming up. I'm gonna run four nights in Pennsylvania right after uh, Daytona. So I'll be (laughs) racing five days in a row coming up. Do do you ever just say I gotta take some time off and just chill out, or is racing the main priority? I'm only allowed 25 races. dirt stuff um so if i was allowed more i would go find some races to run so uh i just i love racing and, and you know i i've gotten a just a little bit into working out this year and uh I'd rather race. <laughs> I'd rather race to uh, to to get my my exercise in. I, I enjoy it a little bit, but but racing to me is kind of fun, but also exercise and, and keeps your your mind in it. Um, you're putting yourself in more racing situations and, than everybody else in the field, so uh, I, I think it definitely benefits me.
7: That's a good contract negotiation point. You can get up to forty maybe if you if you really push it, right?
10: Yeah, yeah. Twenty five is tough to get in, but right. I'm sure if I if I had a bigger number, I probably definitely find some races around. All, right. all right let's focus on the cup stuff
7: have you been paying attention to this lead that you and truex are kind of gapping really the rest of the field on and how important is that going to be come playoff time
10: yeah for sure um you know i look at it every week um you know, sonoma we had a rough race but truex had his engine problems which was which was nice because we would have lost a lot of points to him i thought but um you know you, you normally in the past you wouldn't pay attention to it really but now that there's bonus points that that pay for the regular season um, it's big, and it can benefit you a lot throughout the playoffs. So um, we'll keep keep trying to be consistent, and, and you know, hopefully, beat Martin at the end of uh, Richmond. All
7: right, you can tell in the back they're working hard on your cars because there's a lot of noise at the shop.
10: Yeah, yeah, these guys, these guys and gals work really hard here. So um, you know, they're really the main reason why Jamie and I've been running as good as we have all year. So um, it's nice to see see our cars running fast and, and them digging hard all the time. You can tell by the noise behind us, Lee, a lot
7: going on here at the shop, but Kyle Larson looking to add more points to that lead this weekend.
1: Marty, thanks very much. 2017 has been Kyle Larson's best to date in the Monster Energy Series. He's already established career highs in both race wins and laps led. His eighth place average running position ranks only behind Martin Truex Jr. Hey, Slugger, I'd like to start with you on this one. What's clicked for Kyle Larson this year? Can you pinpoint one specific area or item?
4: Well, I think it goes back to a couple of years ago when when Chip Ganassi made a crew chief change and they brought in Chad Johnson. He was recently released from Stuart haas Racing, yeah. and they paired them two together. and And Chad's a guy that never quits working. You see him; he always has a sweatshirt on. In Daytona, he'll have a sweatshirt on. It's just the way he is. Uh, he doesn't think about himself. He works hard for the race yeah. team. Uh, if, if they hit the wall, which Kyle often does in practice, yeah. he'll grab the bondo and a hammer and, and he'll make it work. But uh, the biggest thing, a uh, Chip Ganassi racing right now, it was great to see all those people working. I hope the people up in the, up in the office or upstairs are working on his contract extension. They really yeah. need to get that done.
3: I'm betting somebody yes, is. I'm sure. I would, I would bet that, that, that somebody is. But it, you ask what has clicked. I, I think a lot of things have come together at the right time for him. You mentioned sure. Chad. Um, I think you mentioned Chad. I think Felix or or Chip made some changes within those teams, within the Ganassi organization over the last 18 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. They're beginning to play out. I think a lot of that is. And I think that this kid, I think Kyle Larson, has learned how to put – 500 miles or 500 laps or three-and-a-half or four-hour races together. Dale Jarrett and I have talked about it on numerous occasions. He could put together three hours of a race, but not the three-and-a-half. Something always happened that would take himself out of a race late in the race. Kyle Larson is a racer. He is under—he understands how to race. He loves to race. I spent time with him doing a race and roots program. He, it's phenomenal to be around him. But I think what clicked was he understands what it takes to get to that last 15 or 20 laps, and then he has that killer instinct to be able to pounce.
2: Yeah. Everything aside, he's just a racer. That's what he does, and he's become very, very good at NASCAR racing now and understanding exactly what he needs to do, how he needs to go about it, what, how he can relate what's wrong with his race car more, and I think that's helping to get his race cars better. So now he doesn't have to drive them and overdrive them, and I think that pays big dividends to him. But I look at Kyle Larson. He talks about the 25 races that he's allowed to run. Begrudgingly. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and so I used to compare Tony Stewart to A.J. Foyt. They could go anywhere, drive anything, and win in it. And that now I'm going to compare, now that Tony's an old guy and retired, Kyle Larson reminds me of Tony Stewart. That's what he does. He wants to race. As he said, he doesn't care about being in the gym. He goes some, but he would rather be in race shape. And you do that by racing all of these uh, sprint cars and, and all of these events that he goes to. So he's just very, very talented. And we've talked about this from the very beginning when he came in. You could see that talent there. You know, Some people just have that. And it was evident. But getting it to the end, Jeff Burton brings it up a lot, you know. You've got to be able to figure out how to keep it off the wall at the end of the race to give yourself an opportunity. So we're kind of running out of adjectives. He's so very talented. All I'm going to say, I've got one thing. He's just damn good. That's all you can say about him.
1: Well, he brought up there about working out. And a little birdie at Ganassi tells me that new trainer this year, both for him and for Jamie McMurray, they do some training, some cycling with Jimmy Johnson, Matt Mm -hmm. Kenseth. And this young man has seen what it takes the seven-day-a-week dedication to become a champion. So who knows, that also could be one of the big factors. No doubt all eyes will be on Dale Earnhardt Jr. this weekend as he races at Daytona one more time. When NASCAR America returns, a special look back on Junior and his father's legacy at the World Centre of Racing. this Thursday we're having a very special NASCAR throwback reliving the 2004 Daytona 500 which was won by Dale Jr. We're expecting many of NASCAR's best to get involved on social media and you can too by using the hashtag NASCAR throwback. We're counting down to Daytona, now just four days away from our coverage. uh, The Monster Energy Series here on NBC and on NBCSN. Speaking of the number four, that's the combined wins in the Code 0400 for Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. The latter will go for his third July victory at Daytona on Saturday. And whether it be in the 500... Or the summer race at the World Centre of Racing. The Earnhardt family name is synonymous with Daytona. A driver who achieves the heights of success the Earnhardts will, of course, have created an impactful legacy, as future Hall of Famer Ken Squire tells us.
9: Dale Earnhardt Sr. needed Daytona. And Daytona needed Dale Earnhardt. Many came to Daytona, felt the speed, saw the danger intimidated, he made himself feared and fearless, hungry for success, willing to skip the groceries to keep the race car rolling. Dale's first Daytona 500, 1979, squared off against the great names of the game, Petty, Kale, the Allisons, and Dale would not take a back seat. Dale in, on going
5: 3
9: As Daytona grew, Dale grew. Won 34 races here, nearly twice the amount of anyone else. But his quest for the 500 made Daytona more meaningful. When it came to action at Daytona, Dale was in it. Big trouble, Earnhardt. This is going to cost Dale Earnhardt the race. Time and time again, fate stole the show. Earnhardt, something is amiss. It became legend that his open-faced helmet was how he felt the wind, how he saw the draft. His victory in 1998 was a success story that took two decades to create. All right, all right. With seven national championships to his credit, that quest for the great American race was his holy grail. In time, it grew beyond just the number three car that fans loved or hated. He was unique. He was the Intimidator. His son, Dale Jr., Demonstrated that same focus, that same devil may care attitude.
11: We didn't come here to run third, we come here to take all the money.
9: Nothing changed senior as much as junior. His dad is here first. What a moment. Dale Jr. will always claim that he still felt his dad and the experience of those Daytona decades. It was something they shared. How to handle the draft when to take the wild slide for another slot. But Dale Jr. also learned the importance of the press, of the sponsors, of the crowds. Most importantly, Daytona gave Dale Jr. the hard lesson of what happens when you lose a dearest friend. And so, in the very next race at Daytona, after the 2001 loss, Dale Jr. returned to this track and won on the 4th of July, 2001. It was the mark of an Earnhardt.
1: Today, Dale Earnhardt Jr. announced a five-month campaign called Junior Nation Appreciation. The program, which will honour Junior's historic career, will launch this weekend at Daytona, and we'll run through the end of the year. Carl Petty, I'd like to start with you on this one. And it's a very simple question. What is the Earnhardt legacy?
3: That's a great question because I think it, it means the name, what Dale Sr. did, what Dale Jr. has done, means so much and so many different things to so many different people. What it means to me may be different than what it means to Slugger or what it means to Dale or what it means to you. Um, I, there was an interesting comment in that in that piece where he said nothing changed Dale Sr. like Junior did. And I don't think anything changed Dale Jr. like the loss of Dale Sr. did. Uh, the way their lives were intertwined, the way what they did on the racetrack has been intertwined, the way the fans perceive what Senior was, what Junior is— uh, and what junior has meant to this sport, what he has done recently as a leader of the sport has stepped into his father's shoes. His father was a leader of the sport for so many years, so many years. He led the garage area when junior stood up last year and said, I'm not getting in that car because of my head injuries, I'm going to set out. That's leadership. That's something that that you don't teach. That's something that you're born with that's always there. And it's come out in junior in recent years. Uh, And and I think that's what we're going to remember. These are blue-collar guys making a blue-collar living, uh, driving race cars, living the dream, doing this. Uh, and experienced the, the greatest highs and the most tragic lows as a family, as sure. a family. And, and we've been right there with them. And I think that's what we'll remember more than anything else, is we feel like we walked side by side with them. For me,
4: the thing that sticks out the most is the guy he was. I mean, I worked for for Dale Sr., and when I first started there, I was scared, you know, because when he was on the racetrack, he was the intimidator, and everybody was afraid of him. So when I first went to work there, I I anticipated something different, but he was way different away from the racetrack. At the race shop, he was a phenomenal man, and, and you wanted to work for that guy. But, Kyle, going back to 1998, when he won his first Daytona 500 it was an honor for me to stand on pit road beside yeah. all the other pit crew members and pit crew men uh, just to shake his hand. It, yeah. It's something that you'll never, ever forget. And and to work for him uh, with Michael Waldrop and getting two wins at Daytona, that was just special. You worked your butt off for Dale Senior yeah. because he was the guy that did a lot for our sport. And his legacy legacy will live on forever.
2: Yeah, and there's so much more to both of them than Daytona and Talladega and restrictor plate racing because they've done so much more for the sport in general, and they were successful at many other racetracks. But with all due respect to everybody else that's won Daytona 500s and won at Talladega and won on restrictor plate tracks and races, these are the two best that ever did it. And the best compliment I could ever give Dell Jr. Is, is that I raced with the two of them at Daytona, and... If I didn't know, I couldn't have told you which one I was racing against. Wow. They were so much alike in the way that they went about things. So it's just incredible. Uh, it's been great to race with both of them and, and watch them and learn from them. But, uh, you know, Saturday night's going to be a special time to, to watch Dale Jr. And uh, obviously, if he can go to Victory Lane, it'll mean a playoff spot. But uh, just two incredible people that have done so much for this sport.
1: Keeping in mind what the three of you have discussed about the Earnhardt family name and the Earnhardt legacy at Daytona. International Speedway. I mean, for me, it's like putting ice in a soda. It's like putting, putting creamer in your coffee. It's just normal. It's meant to yeah. be having an Earnhardt at Daytona. So with that being said, don't we have to soak up this weekend all the much
2: more? Oh, there's no doubt that that we want to do that. And we're going to be there to, to soak up everything that we can. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles everything because Daytona has been so much of his world and his life and so many good and difficult things about that. So how's he going to handle all of that? I think once he gets strapped in Saturday night, we're going to see probably a more intense and fierce Dale jr. than we've even seen before which would be pretty amazing.
1: We are all going to be watching. There is no question about that. Coming up here on NASCAR America, it's the start of a new partnership between us and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Morning uh, Drive co-host Pete Pistone joins us to share his Tuesday takeaways. That's next on the show. Stick around. there as another chapter in the Earnhardt Legacy comes to a close. Dale Junior takes to the track at historic Daytona International Speedway one last time. Saturday at 7 Eastern only on NBC. Now, many of you NASCAR America fans are no doubt familiar with Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. They cover everything NASCAR, the news, conversation, great guests, and of course, all the racing. And now, NBC Sports and Sirius are joining forces. Starting tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern, an NBC NASCAR personality... Maybe something like our Hall of Famer here, Dale Jarrett, will appear on the Morning Drive tomorrow. And that honour goes first up to our crew chief, Steve Letart. And just as good on Tuesdays, we'll welcome in the co host of Morning Drive right here on NASCAR America, Pete Pistoni. Pete, for starters, I know you go on the radio almost every day, but to come on NASCAR America today, I can see you've had a shave. Did you put some hair product in? Maybe a little bit of makeup to get ready for your telly?
8: I did, but if there's ever a face for radio, guys, this is it. So it's good to <laughs> be with you this afternoon, for sure.
1: Well, it's great It's great to have you on the show. Let's get going with Tuesday's takeaways. Hey, this is great news about the tie-up between NASCAR and NBC and Sirius XM Satellite Radio. What does it mean for both parties going down the road?
8: Well, I think it's great because, as you said, Lee, a lot of our listeners watch all the NBC programming, hopefully NASCAR America, every night. And, you know, I think having the two entities work together is just going to be great for the sport. I think we're really positioned for a really exciting second half of the year. You guys pick up the baton this weekend at Daytona. We're there every day, 24-7 on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. So I think the marriage is going to be perfect here from now to the end of the year at Homestead.
2: Hey, Pete, let's dive right into some drivers uh, right now, then, a few that are winless to this point, uh, obviously in some good shape points-wise. Kyle Bush, fourth into points, still winless. What's your take
8: I think Kyle Busch is probably of the group we're going to talk about, DJ, the safest because of what you just said, where he is in the point standings. But again, that frustration level has got to be pretty high for Kyle Busch to go all the way to where we are right now, back to Daytona, not having him win. Of that group, he's probably the guy that I think has come the closest week in and week out. I think it's not a matter of if Kyle Busch is going to win. I think it's when he's going to win. But if somehow he does go the rest of the way, I think points-wise. I'm good enough with him that he'll make the playoffs and be in this year's championship.
1: Pete, staying with the JGR theme, let's talk Denny Hamlin. We know how well he went last year at Sonoma. Sunday with a fourth-place finish, he was close. How agonizing do you think that was, given that he is the same as his teammate, winless at this stage as well?
8: Yeah, I think you're right about that, Lee. And, you know, we had his crew chief, Mike Wheeler, on the morning drive last week. And frustration, you could feel it there. But they also felt a little bit optimistic, especially going to Sonoma, because he runs so well there. He ran so well, almost won the race a year ago, until Tony Stewart got him on the last lap. Almost the same this time around. But I still think there's optimism there in the 11 camp that they're finding the speed that they've been missing so far in the first half of the year. And the next race at Daytona could be a place you see Denny Hamlin bust down the door to victory lane.
2: Yeah, hard to imagine that Joe Gibbs Racing doesn't have a victory at this point. So we'll stay right there. And their veteran of this group, Matt Kenseth, 12th in the regular season points, but 17th in the playoff picture. I looked at maybe that Daytona is his opportunity to get to victory lane.
8: You know, Dale, the thing about Matt that really is interesting to me, because you said he's the veteran guy, Matt's style of racing, I don't know if it fits what we're doing with these stages. Because you know the deal, right? Whenever Matt Kenseth would win a race, the line was – In the last 10 laps, where did he come from? Because he was so good at saving his equipment and being there at the end. I think you've got to change the way you race now with these stages. I think you've got to be up front more often. I think you've got to make sure you get those stage points, those playoff points, and those wins. And I'm not so sure that Matt Kenseth and Jason Ratcliffe have been able to do that as much as they would like. And so I think he said to change the way he races some. I'm with you, though. I think the way he runs at plate tracks at Daytona on Saturday night, that could be the way you see him get into the playoffs as well. But that's the one I really scratched my head, that Matt Kenseth is winless so far here in 2017.
1: Pete, we'll switch from Joe Gibbs over to Hendrick. We'll save the best till last for Dale Jr. His teammate, driver of the 24, Chase Elliott, as we mentioned earlier here on NASCAR America. Big news with that contract extension. What do you make of it?
8: Well, not surprisingly, I think there's some questions about Hendrick Motorsports going forward, obviously, of who's going to go in the 88 car, what the status of the five car is. I don't think there was ever any doubt of Chase Elliott being there long term. I thought it was just a matter of time that uh, Rick Hendrick was able to ink him to an extension. And he did that. So he'll be there through 2022. Jimmy Johnson got his deal done about a week or so ago. So at least from that standpoint, the future of Hendrick Motorsports on that side of the house between Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott, pretty secure for the next few years.
2: Okay, Pete, if you haven't heard, this might be Dale Jr.'s last trip to Daytona. (laughs) What? Yeah, just, just throwing that out there. But obviously, in the 40-car field come Saturday night, there is nobody better than Dale Jr. Is he good enough, and is this team good enough at this point in time to get that victory that will put him in the playoffs?
8: You know, he's certainly good enough, D.J., you know that. He's such a good plate racer. He's got such a great track track record, not just at Daytona, at Talladega. I just wonder about when you put all your eggs in one basket, because I just haven't seen anything out of the 88 car up until now that leads me to believe that they can be that impact player that I like to say for wins anyplace else but Daytona. I know there's going to be pressure. He's a guy that has been around the spotlight basically since day one, so he's pretty good at handling that. I think he will certainly be in contention here. If he can get get through all the trouble that usually happens at a plate race like Daytona and be there at the end and be in position to make a run for the checkered flag, I see no reason why we couldn't have what I would think would be one of the best stories we've had in some time, Dale Jr. winning for the last time at Daytona and making the playoffs with that victory.
1: All right, tomorrow morning you're gonna have our crew chief Steve Letard on. Here's the challenge for you, Pete. You're gonna pose him a question and then limit him to a thirty to forty five second answer
8: period. Okay? Do you think you no, can do we, that for us? Uh, first of all, he, he's been on the beach in Daytona. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get him off the beach. It's like we're on eleven AM Eastern, so as long as Stevie wants to talk, we're good with that. We're fine with that.
1: Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Channel Ninety, thanks so much. We're looking forward to this new relationship. Have a great weekend in Daytona.
8: Same here, guys. Thanks for the
6: time.
1: All right, up next on the show, we'll revisit a very interesting road course race in wine country as we scan all Sonoma. They
9: got us too fast, section 11. This year just could not get any better. Wow,
8: Almond Deer. Oh, he's going to lose it. It's going to come around. Spin it in front of you. There you go. Damn it! I got us. We're, we're killed. You're fine. We're just cosmetic. Hey, we ain't out
3: of this thing yet. We got over half the race to go, man. This day in
1: NASCAR history, 1999, for the second straight season, Jeff Gordon won from the pole at Sonoma Raceway. It wasn't easy for the native of Vallejo, California, who had to hold off a late charge from Mark Martin over the race's final three laps. Gordon, who added a third straight win in 2000, is the only driver with consecutive Sonoma victories. As you know, there is no shortage of action and sometimes chaos on NASCAR Cup road course races. It's frenetic. So let's go inside the race on Sunday with Scan All Sonoma Style.
6: Getting set for the first road race on the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Hey, you go out there and have some
8: fun. We know we got the best driver in the field, so we're going to execute down here, give him a chance to win this thing. Step man.
4: 1.99 miles of twist and turn and lots of excitement. All righty.
8: Have a nice, smooth day here, smooth shift. Have some fun out there, man. 10, 4. Here in Sonoma, it's a dogfight for the top spot. There you go. You get to say it. Move Martin Truex Jr. to the point. Oh, you got to say it. The leader, 78. That's cool. got to get it load up before you turn that wheel. What? You're going to get it stopped sooner before you turn the wheel.
10: What? I can't understand
8: action. Oh, little block by Danica. Not a good idea. Under braking.
4: Hold it. Hold the brake.
8: Hold it. Oh, he's spinning! Watch him come back! Watch him coming back!
10: I needed a lot more help on that. Spinner doesn't tell me. I need to know spinning coming up the track.
9: A near disaster for three top drivers. Wow! It just come around. She kind of blocked me down into the slick stuff there. It can get you get your heart there? Just get up in the loose stuff. No, oh, he uh, he barely got
8: me. Turn your radiator fan on under caution. What? might turn your radiator fan on? okay you have to speak a
9: bit slower so i can understand every word so a.j allmendinger has charged from the 11th position to the lead i think i figured out something in 11 a little bit that may help us
3: i'm just not in the racetrack yeah 10-4 we got your in-car camera in here that was fun to watch a little scary but fun to watch one inside by himself Clear, Clear
8: trouble in the s is clint boyer goes around correct you Cars
9: not hurt. Damn it, servant. I was trying to like plant in, and he just didn't think he was going to turn that sharply. I was trying to let him in without stopping. Uh-oh. That's my fault. I mean, I was being aggressive. I thought he'd give it to me. He did. They got us two-pass section 11. Is it better to do the pass-through or take the tail-end penalty? This year this could not get any better. I
6: can't see. Oh, got a plan to fix it. We get a caution. Here we got a plan. Keep
9: doing the best you can do there. I can't see anything. Oh my god, I need to guess where's the truck. If yeah, we can't, we'll lose one lap for sure.
4: Randy, I know you're waiting on a caution, but he doesn't know where he's going. and He's on and off the track over of turns. Bring the 23 in. Let's clean up
3: that hood before it goes flying. Kurt Busch in fifth. Pin, pit pin! they f- taking in time. I was already committed to the line in the
9: braking zone and saw a flash red. I mean, it's the most f***ed up thing. I love getting caught by it. I seem to be the only one for the last 12 years. It's been caught twice. Wow, Deer, Oh, he's gonna lose it. It's gonna come around. Spin in There you go. Damn
8: it! I got it. We're, we're killed. You're fine. We're just cosmetic. Hey, we ain't out of this thing yet. We got over half the race to go, man. We don't see any tire smoke, but If you can tolerate it, just keep going for now. You're P15 currently. We are in our window to make it on one more stop. Uh, we could probably win the stage if you want the stage points, you know. I'm in to win. We got a car to win. We need to
2: try to win. Harvick,
8: your leader, has about eight car lengths now on Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr., the most dominant car in the afternoon. He's doing a heck of a job, buddy. We've
3: got 30 laps to go. we're blowing up. Uh, 78 behind you says he's blowing up. He's blowing up bad now,
8: guys. And yeah, Martin Truex climbs out All right, after leading days. the most laps today.
4: Whoever's driving at 23 is a weapon day got off in the grass a moment ago 23's a idiot, he tried to spin me out So I yeah, not give it to him A.J. Almendinger,
8: he's in 16th place We got a problem, I'm running out of volts on battery It's dropping
6: quick Yeah, 10 I'm pretty sure it was the alternator Kevin Harvick uh, takes over the lead uh, now by almost 9 seconds Keep saving here
8: 5 to go Boyer's on the move. 14, now P2. Turn it in a back twice. Pretty impressive. God, why do we make it so hard? You can hear the fans in the grandstands cheering on the California driver. Doing good. Keep saving some fuel. Take care of it here. The yellow flag and checkered flag will fly for Kevin Harvick as Casey Kane has
9: crashed hard
8: in turn number one. Hang on. Hang on. Looks like we hit that lap car again. Just drove into our door. You never turned i am beat the dude up here. I'm going to spend it next week. I'm sorry. I'm so mad right now. Don't do anything. It ain't worth it. This race
7: was all about Kevin Harvick today. He had enough fuel to do some burnouts as he's celebrating right
4: now on the pit road, and his crew is going out to meet him. Guys, great freaking
9: job. Awesome job. Unbelievable.
1: This is why we love Scan all so much. I think for me, and I'm not going to repeat what he said, but I think Boris said had the best one there from, from Sunday's
2: race. How about for you? What did you enjoy? What did you pick up from that? There? Uh, there's just so much that goes on, especially on the road courses there. But this is one of my favorite segments every week. But I think the main thing that stood out there to me was Kevin Harvick saying, we have a car to win now. Hit to win. Yes. We've got a car yeah. to win. Yeah, that, Let's forget about it. We'll get a stage win and a few more along the way. And now they, they won. They can concentrate on getting more stage wins like the 78's been doing. The 23 was interesting. Uh, to say the
3: least, yes. I think he had everyone's attention. <laughs> Kyle, speak, speak slower so I can understand what you're saying. Listen, it was all interesting. I, I, I'm i just glad that there was a, a bottle of wine waiting in every truck for crew That's chief right. spotters and drivers when it was over with. That's all. The
4: thing that was interesting to me was Clint Boyer. Got to yeah. love that guy. Oh, he yeah. is so animated. And I know when I was sitting on the box, I would always scan the 14-team between uh, Mike Booger, the crew chief, Clint, and uh, the spotter. It was pure comical, and it's something worth listening to. <laughs> Slugger, how, how tough
1: is it? To take us into your world when you've got a driver, particularly on a road course race, when it's so heated, it's so animated. How do you bring them back down? How do you calm them down?
4: <laughs> it's a challenge. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely not easy, but you try your best and you work uh, as a crew chief and a spotter. You try to, to get the driver back where he needs to be and focus forward and forget about what just happened. And it's not always easy, especially on a road course, because that is different for these guys. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, definitely, it, it's, uh, it's a challenge.
1: And remember, in the Cup Series, we've got one more road course to come. You'll see it on NBC Sports. It's coming up at Watkins Glen in early August. Coming up on the show, though, the feel-good story continued this past weekend for John Hunter Nemechek and his family team. More on their latest truck series success at Iowa when NASCAR America returns. This summer, the future of Team USA takes their first steps towards the Tokyo 2020 Games. The Team USA Summer Champion Series, presented by Comcast, continues next on NBCSN. We highlighted first-time winners earlier in the show. Well, right now, how about back-to-back winners in the Truck Series? John Hunter Niemicek, the 20-year-old son of Front Row Joe Niemicek, is swiftly establishing himself as a driver the big teams will want to watch closely.
6: Krafton had a pretty good lead going into turns three and four, but now he's got some unwanted company in the form of John Hunter Nemechek.
0: John Hunter Nemechek It's a great run into turn
6: number one. Pulls up alongside Matt
0: Crafton, takes the top spot by the time they get to the back straightaway.
8: Checkered flag in the air. John Hunter Nemechek wins the drive-in for lineman 200 at Gateway. And John Hunter
3: Nemechek takes the TBC Group and Nemco Motorsports back to victory lane. It's definitely an emotional win. Uh... All the hard work that goes in. Um, everyone works their tables off, and we haven't had the best of luck this year. Um, and getting in victory lane when we needed to, God is great. I can't thank him enough. Being faithful. Uh, I knew all the hard work would pay off, so this is awesome uh, Father's Day
11: present for Daddy here and team owner. Briscoe can't swing off of turn four because Johnny Sauter is
9: there. Sauter threads the needle between the wall and Chase Briscoe. He hangs on to the lead. Meanwhile, John Hunter Nemechek makes it three wide for the top spot through turns one and two, and
8: Nemechek busts out in front. John Hunter Nemechek through turn three and four, set sail,
9: perfect victory lane. He won last week at Gateway. He's going to win at Iowa Speedway as several trucks spin. Off of turn three and four, but John Hunter Nemacek is
8: your victor. Two weeks in a row, guys, the little team that could, John Hunter Nemacek goes to victory lane.
1: We spoke earlier about a feel good factor. Slugger, you know, through your wife, you're part of this family. You know this family intimately. All you had to see was John Hunter's face there at Gateway, that victory and the tears coming out. Uh, They reflect just the enormous workload, the enormous commitment and sacrifice, and this is a tremendous story
4: sure the Nemechek family is a true racing family and I got to go to yeah. the shop today and see both John and John Hunter and uh, Joe and John Hunter and talk to them and just realize Man, they don't have much, but they're doing a lot, you know, yeah. and and John Hunter is just elated. He begged his dad to go to the last two races. His dad found some money, maybe took it from the family, who knows, but he <laughs> yeah. found the money, like true racers do, and they won the last two races, and now they're locked into playoffs, and, and they're going to Kentucky next week, Kyle, a track that he's finished second, last two times there, and he's going t- for three victories in a yeah. row, something that hasn't happened since 2015 with Joey Logano and NASCAR, so this family is just through the roof, and, and they're giving everything they they have, but I'll tell you, I was there today and, and it was five guys working on the trucks and I was getting dirty looks because <laughs> I was taking two of the other workers away yeah. from working on the on the race truck. So just a great story and uh, to see those guys knowing what they give and what they're getting out of it is truly amazing. and just very,
3: very proud to be a part of that family. Yeah. This is what racing that we grew up in. This is the this this family and what they're doing with what they have uh, and maximizing every dollar they spend, every hour they spend on a race car. You know, we start this show talking about Chase Elliott and an and extension on his sure. contract. Here's a kid and a family who's putting dollars and nickels and pennies together to drag to the racetrack and they're beating big teams. They're beating the powerhouse teams that are in the in the truck series right now. Uh, you hope that somebody is paying attention and sends some money their way. It's that's, The bright side of the sport is the Chase Elliott that we talked about earlier. The sad part of the sport right now is a kid like John Hunter can come out here and win and still not have the finances to continue to race.
4: Yeah, seeing that John just won at Iowa, I'm really hoping that a Xfinity car owner yes. gives him a shot here when we go back in a month yeah. back to Iowa. The point. kid deserves a shot, and I'm sure he'll drive for free because uh, his dad doesn't pay yeah. him anyway. So that's true. He'll do whatever it takes. I know but, that. I drove for yeah, my dad. <laughs> But the thing that was neat uh, today watching John Hunter, he was out there on his bike, street bike, you know, staying, staying yeah. fit. You know, he, he he does what it takes to be a winner, and he's trying to get where he needs to be. And just to see the effort this young man's putting yeah. in and, and the family that has stepped up behind John to give him the shot he deserves, I hope one day he certainly gets yeah, it. Yeah, I do too.
2: Yeah, you hope that comes about. And, and as Kyle pointed out it and Slugger said too, you know, this is a family that has done this for a lot of years. Back to Joe's racing career. Uh, Kyle and I both raced against him quite a bit. We watched John Hunter, another one, grow up uh, around this sport. And I don't think there was ever any doubt that, as you can see, John Hunter there. He was going to, that's what he was going to do, was be a race driver. And he's turned into a very good race driver now. He's very, very talented. And... Nobody ever said this sport's going to be fair. So will he get his shot? I'm not sure. Is he deserving of that? Absolutely he is. But as in so many cases in this sport, uh, it's about what money do you have to bring along with you. But we, hopefully there is, as they pointed out, there's a car owner in the Xfinity Series out there somewhere that, that has a good ride for him and, and will give him a shot so he can prove that.
1: His dad is the best resource he can have, right? Yes. There's, no, there's no questions that his father can't answer. But if you were to have a one-on-one with John Hunter, what would
2: be your advice about the next steps or the, the path forward? Well, you don't want to just move on just to be moving on into the Xfinity Series. You know, you want to stay relevant and you want to continue to be able to be in a position to win. But he understands, you know, it's week to week with the sponsorship with them. But yep. uh, be patient. Let the right opportunity come there. Keep doing the things. He says the right things. He works hard. And he's doing the right things on the racetrack. And, uh, you know, i have always said, and my dad told me this many years ago, good things happen to good people good things are happening here and i think that something good will come about for him for his future how come our golf game's not better well (laughs) that's a good question there's just no talent there he has talent (laughs) thankfully
1: that's very true coming up on the show we'll hear from the driver of the 95 car michael mcdowell he and levine family racing are doing something really cool for youngsters that want to embark on a nascar career he'll tell us more when we come back Welcome back. Starting a week from tomorrow, our Wednesday NASCAR America shows will originate from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Our drivers will be joined by a Cup or Xfinity driver and the debut show will feature Ricky Stenhouse Jr. every Wednesday, 5pm Eastern, from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Michael McDowell is coming off a 14th place finish at Sonoma, one of his best results of the season. Away from the track, he is involved with the Levine family racing in Camp 95. Now, this is a program for high school students interested in NASCAR, and he spoke to Dave Burns about this venture.
6: Lee, catching up with Michael for a couple of different reasons. Uh, Primarily,
5: well, I shouldn't say primarily, but first of all, Camp 95. What's it all about? Uh, Camp 95 is great. You know, it's something our team put together a few years ago. And it's just getting kids excited about uh, NASCAR, about motorsports and, you know, different aspects of motorsports. It's not all about driving or just working on the car, but the marketing, uh, sponsorship, team management, you know, all the way through. So we kind of give them a taste of everything, uh, let them see what we do here at the shop. And uh, we have some experts from all different categories of motorsports come in and talk to them. And uh, it's a fun few days for them. Do I get to put them on the spot later? Yes, let's do it. Absolutely. All right, we're going to do that. Uh,
6: Let's talk a little bit about Sonoma because it was your best finish out there. Did it look like that finish was coming all day long, or did it take a lot of work to get there?
5: You know, it always takes a lot of work. Um, Honestly, we're a little disappointed with a 14th. I know that's that's tough to say, but we have high expectations going to the road courses. Probably had a top 10 car. Um, Unfortunately, I had a pit road violation, so put me to the tail and. It's hard to overcome that, but uh, Todd Parrott and all the guys did a good job, and uh, we got a solid run for the k car. Not what we hoped for, but uh, something to build on. You mentioned Todd. How is that chemistry
6: going uh, as you're now the full-time driver for the 95 this year?
5: Yeah, it's been great. Um, he's brought a lot of depth, and, uh, and that's really helped our race program. We got great guys and gals working here, um, and it just takes a full team effort. It's not one person at all, but uh, Todd brings a lot of expertise and a lot of experience and wins and championships, and, and that helps any organization.
6: How do you Feel about the season so far? Do you feel like you've met your expectations, exceeded? Where are you at?
5: Yeah, you know, I think that um, I'd give us a B minus. I think that we are pretty close to what the expectation is, and um, we haven't executed perfectly on some of the weekends where we feel like uh, we should have. Um, some in our hands, some not in our hands. But that's that's how the seasons go. You know, in NASCAR, thirty six races, uh, you're going to have ups and downs. But overall, as as a group, as a team, I think we're uh, we're pretty close to our expectations. But we always want more. We are about to the halfway point, and we're
6: privileged to take over uh, the coverage of the races now, uh, starting at Daytona. When you hear Daytona, what goes through your heart and your mind? Are you excited to get there, and does it present more of an equal opportunity for a team like yours
5: yeah for sure i think we think chase when we we think of daytona talladega uh, even the road courses those are our six opportunities in the year where we feel like we could maybe steal a win and uh, so daytona talladega are places that we circle Uh, this is our last shot uh, you know before the chase so this is a, a good opportunity for us to you know put ourselves in position and who knows and when you race at daytona michael where is your advantage
6: how do you feel about the racing and and what's under the hood for you guys
5: Well, we have great race cars. Uh, Obviously, we have ECR power and our alliance with RCR, so we have good cars going there. Um, But a lot of it is just over the years, I've had good runs at Daytona. And so you build on that momentum and experience of putting yourself in the front at the end and um, you know, we've had a 6th, a 7th, an 8th, a 10th, something like that. But you got to be in that top five coming to the white flag to even have a shot at it now. So um, we just got to make little gains and, and put ourselves in position. Yeah, the experience is a big factor. And the experience here at Camp 95 for these students is going to be very big as
6: well. Uh, no canoeing or kayaking or anything like that, Lee, but they're getting a great experience. A NASCAR-themed camp. What a great idea.
1: Very cool. Dave, thank you very much. DJ, I've known Michael McDowell for about 13 or 14 years when he was a young driver in, in junior open wheel racing. Um, it's not just all about motorsport for Michael McDowell. He He's more interested in being a good person, a yes. good human being. So this Camp 95 initiative, I, I not only applaud, but I think it's a really cool idea because... We meet a lot of young people, and they say, "How do I get started? Where do I get my toe in, or how do I get my foot in the door in NASCAR?" This is a very cool idea.
2: Yeah, even though there are more opportunities now, there used to not be anything. It's to tell when someone Mm. would want to know, "How do I get started in NASCAR?" Whether it was to work on the cars, to be a driver, there just wasn't a defined way to get there. And this is great that Michael McDowell and his race team are taking the initiative to give young people that opportunity, just to see up close, is it something they really might want to get involved in, and. to Michael McDowell, such a good person, and, and you know he's done a lot for the sport. But his focus is about life and helping others in life, and he does a lot of that through his racing. And as he's more successful, even more uh, comes about with that. And this weekend is a big weekend for them because he does extremely well. Uh, I think the one thing that he needs, he knows how to get himself in the right spot. If he can get that right, someone on his bumper, then who knows what could happen on Saturday night for him.
1: And he's being rewarded uh, through what he's what he. He's dumb yeah. a, as a person because that horrendous crash that he suffered with Michael Waltrip racing in the Toyota, that could have been basically been the end of his career. And now he's enjoying this longevity with Levine family racing.
2: Absolutely. Anything that happens on the racetrack good for Michael McDowell is only icing on the cake because he does so many good things outside of the racing world. Good stuff, good luck, and we wish all the youngsters as well in Camp
1: 95 an enjoyable time, and hopefully it's educational and they can springboard into a career in NASCAR. Now, whether it's in February, July, or any time, racing at Daytona is a special experience. We'll ask our drivers and crew chief what Daytona means to them. That's next on NASCAR America. Something we're really excited about here at NASCAR America. Tomorrow, Steve Letard will announce the first three members of the Pit Crew All-Stars. Steve will not only look at each crew member's contributions to the sport, but their lives away from the track as well. Now, earlier this year, Catherine Tappan sat down with her colleague, Jeremy Roenick, to talk hockey and life off the ice. Well, the next edition of Off Script features Kyle Petty as he shares stories of growing up petty and so much more. Here's a sneak preview. Here's what
3: happened. This is a crazy crazy cow Petty story. And there's a rap- in the attic, just, just like dominoes falling, and then right above our heads one trophy sticks itself through the ceiling. I stopped about mid-court in a basketball game and flipped off the entire opposing grandstand, and I was going to be a pharmacist. got thrown out of night school, and they kept saying I smelled like lacquer thinner and gasoline. He has a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and wears sunglasses at midnight, and you call him weird? <laughs> it's crazy, man. You go on stage playing a guitar with 35,000 people, so I cut my hair and show up, and I look good. I only raced in this one pair of underwear, and they threw the underwear away. Dug through the dumpster, got the underwear. When I pulled them out, there's nothing left but the band. For the rest of that year, I just wore the band. I just wore the band because that was the last of the luck I had.
2: Just the band and another pair of. Them.
3: No, just the band. Oh, just the band.
1: Uh, Looking forward to seeing that. We're going to keep you on the phone there, Kyle Petty, because you first went to Daytona. Well, you were born in June of 1960. You were at Daytona July of 1960. So I think it's pretty easy to say, what does Daytona mean to you?
3: You know what? It it, it is funny. My dad talks about going through the tunnel and seeing that place for the first time. He's 80 years old. He'll be 80 years old next weekend. Um, And he still feels that excitement. I still feel that excitement. My grandfather used to talk about winning the first race there. Going to Daytona means everything to a race car driver. And I don't care if it's the Daytona 500 or the Fourth of July race. It doesn't make any difference. Daytona. You mentioned that word, uh, and it sends chills up your spine. It puts goosebumps on your arms. So, for me, it's it's been the same. I'm 57 years old, and I still get excited knowing I'm going down Interstate 95 and going to get off at the Daytona exit and the Speedway sets right there.
4: Slugger? For me, it's really cool. Uh, you know, being from Maine, a young kid, always watching you guys race at Daytona, uh, going through the tunnels, just phenomenal feeling. But for me, I was fortunate to get my first victory as a, as a crew chief wow. in 2002 with Michael Waltrip in a Pepsi 400. So I had all my family there. We were down there for the whole week enjoying the beach, and we ended up winning the race. And I'll tell you, that night was one hell of a night. Yeah.
2: Yeah, to me, you know, it used to be it started out that it was vacation time when you went to Daytona because that was the only family vacation that we had was going there in July. But you quickly realize just what a special place Daytona is. And as Kyle said, it doesn't matter which race it is. If you're a competitor, you go there, you have an opportunity to win a race at Daytona. And even going back now, I, I, it's just a different feeling. You know, you, I never sat in my parents' car wanting to win somewhere besides Daytona. It wasn't Columbia, South Carolina, or anywhere else. It was to win the Daytona 500. Real quick, any rituals? Um, No, nothing like Kyle. And I thought Kyle, <laughs> I thought that all script was just going to be our commercial breaks that they were taking stuff from whenever we do a pre- and post-race show. All right, guys, thanks so much. What a great
1: show. Thanks for joining us and enjoy Daytona this weekend. That's all we have for NASCAR America today. For all your NASCAR news, log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We'll be back Wednesday at 5.30 Eastern. We'll see you then.